on East Village Radio. Your host this week are myself, DJ Phil, and I'm here with DJ Rachel. Hello. So we started off this week's show with a nice block of some classic rock tunes. The first one was called Paper Hearts by This Heat. Uh, that's a track from a Camberwell London trio, Charles Bullwin, Charles Haywood, and Gareth Williams. That's a pretty ripping, ripping song to start the day off and enjoy the, uh, the fact that we're now in fall. Yeah. That's an amazing record, um, Deceit. It's uh, one of my faves, nice. actually. I'm glad we started with it. Um, and then after that, we had an amazing track from a band called Tradgrass Ochstenar. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. And I apologize to Jesper if he's listening, because I probably am not. But um, Tradgrass is a pretty epic uh, Swedish psychedelic band. And we're lucky enough 
to be reissuing a couple records um, on our imprint anthology by them. Um, so that's coming up in 2016, and we're super stoked. That was a track from um, one of the forthcoming LPs in the box set called Rock Troll. Um, and it was great. Yeah, and then after that um, was a track from um, Green and Yellow, which is a record by the Stroke Band, which came out on Anthology last year. Um, one of my favorites. And it was actually produced by Robert Lester Folsom, who is another one of our Anthology Recordings artists. Um, yeah. So Robert, Robert is the man. <laughs> solid little intro. Um, we have a very special guest today, don't we, Phil? We do. Keith Abramson, the man with the sonic plan for Mexican Summer Anthology and Software, is here in the studio with us. We're going to talk to him in about 15, 20 minutes, talk about the labels he started, his history, his favorite records. He brought a bunch with him and just general label business and the mysteries and magic of running a label. Yeah. It'll oh, be really fun. Yeah, so stay tuned. You're listening to Freak Trains on East Village Radio. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Mexican Summer. We are posting all the songs that we're playing. So follow us and listen in real time. And make sure you also have another tab on Discogs and start picking up all these dope-ass records that we're playing. Yeah. Keep the flow going. This is Cow Tao by China Shop. Like that. 
you're listening to Freak Terrains, um, the Mexican Summer Anthology Recordings and Software Label label Group show. Um, yeah, thank you for listening. I My name is Rachel. This is Phil with me. Hello, hello. Um, and we're stoked to be here. Um, our guest today is uh, Keith Abrahamson, um, our A&R director. Um, that's coming up after the next couple tracks. Um, you just heard a couple amazing songs. I've never heard this one before, Kowtow. I don't know if that's how it's pronounced, but it's by a band called China Shop. Um, the record was 21 Puffs on the Cassette, and that came out um, on Anthology in like 2007. Um, I guess it was a reissue then. Um, Anthology was like a digital-only imprint for a little while, and then Keith, um, I guess we'll have to fill us in on the history later but um kind of put it on the back burner for a little while and then we just relaunched it as a vinyl um and digital imprint last year um but anyway that was a really fucking great song oh. yeah and keith just told us that steve cohen used to have a show on on east village radio yeah. way back in the day so that's cool kind of brings it all full circle after after china shop was conan moccasin's song megumi the milkway above which is taken from his first lp forever dolphin love which we, we at Mexican Summer reissued last year. Uh, we still have copies available, so if you're logged in, wired in, make sure you go to MexicanSummer.com and pick up a copy while they last. That's an amazing record. And after that was Suburban Lawns with their song Janitor, which was originally released on IRS, the government imprint, and is now being reissued on Light in the Attic uh, later on this year. A uh, great tune from Carrie Santulo, one of the homies at Mexican Summer who picked out that tune. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have some new stuff from Conan to share very, very soon. Uh, last Earlier this year, he recorded a split 12-inch with Dev Hines, and we're going to press it up and release it, and you'll be able to hear it in about two weeks' time. So for our next show, we'll play some selections from that 12-inch. But for now, our good friend at Software, Gabi, is currently wrapping up her first solo West Coast tour. Her last date is in San Diego tonight. Uh, if you guys have caught, caught her show out on the West Coast, please let us know. Tweet at Software Label, at Mexican Summer. Let us know what you thought of her playing solo alone. If you didn't catch her, well, then get her next time. Right now, this is Love Song off her debut album, Sympathy, which we released on Software back in April. Enjoy and stay locked.
don't you know that I touch the sun just for you, just for you? Quasar one, don't you know that I touch the sun just for you, just for you?
an incredible record called Space Hymns, um, which was actually reissued by Mexican Summer a couple years ago. Um, really, really insane. Uh, I guess the story is something about like uh, this guy who was like a door-to-door salesman and then was visited by the Pharaoh Ramses and kind of channeled that record um, from some astral plane. That's a hell so, of a concept. Yeah. <laughs> So you know, um, just just your average, just your average guy making a um, making a weird record, and that's <laughs> what we're here to talk about today. Yeah, we're done. We're done. Just giving you guys our voices. Please welcome Keith Abrahamson <laughs> to the studio. Hi, Keith. Hello, hello, Keith. Uh, we know you pretty well. I don't think that most of our listeners know who you are, and if they do, they've probably seen your name in interviews or on production bylines, on credit, on records that have been released for many years. But why don't you give everyone at home a nice little rundown of who you are and what you do for Mexican Summer. Sure. Uh, I do A&R and creative direction for the label, which basically means I sign bands. Um, I've been doing that since the inception in 2008. So here I am. Yeah. And cool. you're, you're one of uh, the founding members of Mexican Summer. Yes. Yep, me and Andreas Santo Domingo and Tom Clapp founded the label. Yeah, seven years ago, right? That's seven years ago now. Crazy. Yep. yep. Um, I've been working. I guess Phil and I maybe started around the same time, like four years ago or three years ago. But there are so many records from like the early catalog that I don't even really know that much about. And one of them came up when we were walking here today. Um, this record, The Young. Is that what we're gonna? Are we going to check that out? We are going to check that's, that out. Okay. That's the one. Yeah. I've heard that it's one of your faves, Keith, and I'm like, I have to admit, I've never heard it before. So I'm really curious. Yeah. I think it's it. kind of the uh, one of the most unsung kind of pieces in the catalog. Oh, um, cool. Yeah. They're from Austin. They're on Matador now and just a really great band that kind of flew under the radar when we put it out. It's kind of sad, but I hope they, uh, I hope they get more accolade with Matador. What year did you put this record out? 2010, I guess it was. Right. Yeah. And how did you first hear about about the band? I first heard about them from a punk comp that came out. Uh, it was like an Austin, Texas punk comp, which strangely Matador put out. <laughs> and then I signed them, or I did a one-off with them, and then Matador signed them to a multi-record deal. Hmm. How do you know 
when to sign a band? Like what, what about the band gives you the confidence to be like, yeah, I want to rep you for a period of time. I don't know. I think it's just, you know, maybe you start to obsess over something a little bit and the writing is, I mean, I think it's always the writing is the first thing, you know, and you know, yeah. if that hooks you and then if you keep going back to it, I think it's a pretty sure shot, but then you get to, you know, you need to get to know the people and that's the whole other side of it. Yeah. You know, you have to like vibe with them pretty easily. I would assume. Yeah. I mean, putting records out, you have to really, you know, want to work with the person and yeah, also dig their music. So it's uh, it's definitely two sided. Do you ever go back to a demo or an artist you're considering and listen to the songs over and over again? And then like two months down the road, you just get sick of it. And you're like, actually, I don't really want to sign this anymore. I'm sick of the song. <laughs> Harsh. Uh, you know, man, I don't have that problem, really. I, uh, I have the opposite problem. I usually get way too attached to demos. Right. Yeah. And then when a band will go in and start making a record, I'll be like, fuck, man, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't have the same spirit or the same spontaneity that the demos did, you know? Sure. So I, I kind of have a hard time, like, detaching myself from demoitis. Yeah. And a, as as being an A&R person, like, that role, it goes beyond just signing an artist and working with the demo. It's also working with the artist in the studio and, like, helping them, like, craft their first release for the label. Oh, yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, we have a studio in-house, so oftentimes, you know, bands will come in there and we'll, that's a huge way that we develop bands and, you know, let them come in and demo or, or track over a weekend and it's a it's a really awesome kind of old world music industry model to follow yeah it lets you it just lets you be involved you know a little bit more than if you're just giving an artist a budget and saying okay go track this totally you know yeah that's such a fun aspect of it too just like working at the label and then popping downstairs to see who's there yeah it's great man yeah it's it's nice to see you know some random band outside smoking a cigarette. Yeah. And that's how you get to know them. And then you go in the studio and you hear what they're doing. And yeah, it's great. It's very cool. Well, why don't we play some music? You want to introduce this record? Yeah. So this is The Young from Austin, Texas, uh, off of Voyagers of Legend. Um, the track is Bird in a Bush. Awesome.
We are back. This is Freak Terrains on East Village Radio. You just heard the young bird in the bush. That was a selection from Keith Abramson, the A&R main dude at Mexican Summer, who's here with us in the studio to talk about all things Mexican Summer and beyond. That was a great old old dig from early early in the catalog. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, they're amazing. Hell yeah. They should, they should be huge. Good selection, Keith. Um, so today is also a really special day because it's um, the record release day uh, for a band that's on our label called Dunian. They're from Sweden. Their record, Alice Sock, is out today. Um, and we're really pumped about it. It's an amazing record. It got some awesome reviews this week in the New York Times and Pitchfork. And we're just super pumped. We're going to play a selection from that. But first, Keith um, brought an old Dunian record. This is like a band that's been active for several years. But this record that's out today is their first in like five years, I think. So there's a lot of old uh, Dunian releases that I'm not even familiar with. I think a lot of people aren't familiar with. And didn't you bring something? I did, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, well, the record I brought today is their second record, Dunian 2, which we didn't have anything to do with. That was Subliminal Sounds in Sweden. Uh Um, We first started working with them in 2004 when Tadalunt came out. Um, But, yeah, this record was a Swedish-only release. Cool. And it's uh, it's incredible. I mean, it's uh, this is an instrumental track, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, let's take it away, man. Jam sure. it.
You're listening to Freak Terrains on East Village Radio. That was Soul Ock Regan, an old, old Dunian track. A lot of Swedish pronunciation on our show today. Hell yeah, it's a Dunian release day. <laughs> yeah. it's the only way. Just butchering it. Yeah. That was like that Stumbling was like through. <laughs> that was some serious like Celtic vibes on that on that track. Yeah, I've actually heard that song before because it's on. Yeah, it's it's the wipeout video. Right. There's yeah. this amazing surf video that Keith showed me once. Everyone look but. for Dunian wipeout video on YouTube. Yeah. It's amazing. It's a good one. Wow, I never would have. Shout out to the internet. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Always shout out the internet. Got to get one in. <laughs> um, yeah, I never would have thought Dunian would mix well with surfing. It's uncanny, man. It like it's perfect. Yeah. You can't. I mean, really, I don't. Need, I I can't articulate it. Yeah. It's just really, and it's all wipeouts. It's just dudes just eating shit <laughs> like the whole time, and it's just so beautiful. <laughs> you know. I kind of feel like going on a hike after listening to that song. Yeah, yeah definitely. That was great. Um, I think we're going to play another track, another Dunian track, right, from Alice Sock, which is the record that's out today. Um, head out to your local record store to get it, or um, you can get a beautiful uh, red vinyl copy from our web store um, exclusively, which is worth noting. And Dunian is going to be in New York City um, playing a show with Quilt, another band from the Mexican Summer family. Um, unfortunately, it's already sold out, but they're going to be, yeah, bummer. But they're going to be touring all over the U.S., so get in the van. Yeah, make sure you go to <laughs> MexicanSummer.com for that full <laughs> run for dates. So, Keith, talk to us a bit about how Dunian went from being on, on a Swedish label to ending up on Mexican Summer. Um, yeah, well, they stayed on the Swedish label. They just uh, they came to us for North America. I think, mm. like many people in 2004, when when uh, I was exposed to Tata Lunkt, it just floored me. Um, there was nothing like it at the time. That was really, it came totally out of nowhere, and you know, just the authenticity of the sound, and you know, they were they were doing psych rock in 2004, like in a really convincing way. I mean, I think there were a few bands in the States, like Comets on Fire and stuff like that, but it was, I don't know, they were, I mean, they were definitely cream of the crop. So it was, you know, we I, there were a lot of labels that wanted to go after them and that did go after them, and somehow we came out on top. Um, and uh, I don't know, I think we just had a really good, we established a good rapport with, uh, with their label, Subliminal Sounds, and with the band, and they decided they wanted to, to come be on our label, which was amazing. Yeah, I'm I'm super psyched to have them over here um, in October. Yeah, they're amazing people. Yeah, and I'm musicians excited to meet them. Everything, yeah, they're just great guys. Cool. Yeah. Well, um, we're gonna play a track from their new record. Um, I'm not even gonna try to pronounce. It. Well, I'll try. Endag <laughs> Pajon. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm convinced. Sure. <laughs> Sounds right. But it's from their new record, Alice Sock, which is out today. Keep it locked.
Brand new Dunian. Yeah. Rachel, can you give us that name one more time? Uh. <laughs> you got this. Um, Endagpajjan. <laughs> That's such a great name. <laughs> um, so we've been tweeting from Mex from at Mexican Summer all of the tracks that we've been playing um, in the past hour, um, including that last one. And um, if you are listening and you're following us on Twitter, retweet um, that last tweet about that Dunian track, and we'll send you a copy of the new LP. Yeah. Yeah, so, free vinyl. Yeah. For a tweet. Yeah, exactly. Um, and keep keep doing it. Keep listening. Keep listening. We're here keep until following. 4 p.m. today, and we are on East Village Radio every two weeks. Uh, today we are joined by the wonderful Keith Abrahamson, who is here to talk about all things Mexican summer and his personal tastes and inspirations in music. And so far we've heard about early Mexican summer releases that have fallen under the radar but should not be, so make sure you are following our Twitter feed to find out what those songs were, as well as about Dunian, both old and new. And now, Keith, I want to know more about your taste outside of the Mexican summer umbrella. What were some early inspirations, early memories, stuff that really inspired you to be so 24-7 full heart about music now? <laughs> um, I feel uh, like I know like a lot about your... like background with like being really into like black sabbath and stuff sort of or i've like heard you mention that before. yeah that was that was a that was one that my dad kind of gave to me early fave yeah i guess yeah i mean my parents were both super into music so that was uh that was a gift for sure that they both kind of gave me records as i was growing up um and i don't know that just stayed with me and i was always obsessed and i had friends who were obsessed so that was a good thing i guess maybe an early like um, memory I might have of of something stupid I did to go get some music. I, you know, MTV was was how I heard a lot of music back then. So I remember seeing Faith No More's um, Midlife Crisis video <laughs> and being so stoked and getting on my my bike in like the middle of torrential downpour and riding my bike, which was like to the record store, which was like a mile away in the rain. And I got to the record store and they were like, that record doesn't come out for a month, man. You're not, <laughs> you can't have that. Oh. And then like, you don't, you know, like, it's not like I had Spotify or I couldn't go and like right. stream the single. So yeah, was, you were just like doomed fucked, to wait. You know? Yeah. So huh. I, just, I just had to like live off of uh, that MTV memory and wait for them to play it again. Wow. Um, but I don't have any faith no more to play you guys today. So <laughs> that's just a random memory. Well, it's okay. We all know and love faith no more. It's yeah, fine. Indeed. <laughs> did that did that moment going out to try and get that record, did that influence years of digging or were you already a digger before that? Oh man, no, I was never I don't know I don't know that I have ever considered myself a digger, um, in like the true respect of it. I mean, I think there are guys that go to lengths that are way beyond what I do. Um I buy a lot of records, you know, that and counts. I always, I always have. So, I mean, that, I mean, that's, that's kind of, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't know like that I would, nature. I don't know that I would label myself a digger. Yeah. But, well, one know. of the, one of the sub labels for Mexican summer is anthology recordings, which deals with a lot of private press records and forgotten gems and that stuff. You're all, you're, you're finding those gems somehow. Yeah, I guess so. But you know, I mean, it, it's, you kind of, some of the stuff is just, uh, I'm treading a path that sometimes has been blazed by somebody else, you know, 
whether that be a, a blog or, or, you know, the asset archives or any of these, you know, any of these resources that were out there and have been there for years. Um, Wait, what, what are the asset archives? Oh, that was like a, it's like a, it was a website and a, and a, and a book of, that just kind of contained a lot of information on private pressings and, but you kind of were like trailblazing that. a little bit because wasn't Anthology like the first kind of reissue, like dig digital only, but like the kind of yeah. putting, like digitizing some of those records that people like, are writing about in the asset archives and stuff. Definitely. So when we when we launched, I would say that there wasn't, I mean, re like reissue culture now is huge in full swing and, you know, it's like overbearing. Yeah. It's, uh, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't that way even you know, 10 years ago, which is crazy. It was really, there were, you know, so many records that weren't reissued. And, mm -hmm. and when we, I guess when we launched Anthology as this reissue only imprint, it, our digital only imprint, um, yeah, I guess we, I mean, we exposed a lot of those records, you know, to people for the first time. Yeah. For sure. What were some of your faves from that era? Oh man. I mean, there's so many, but uh, I mean, we're going to play one of them next, which, oh, um, cool which I wish that we had reissued physically back then, but we didn't. Um, it's a band called Anonymous, and they're from Indianapolis, and they made a record in 1978 that was really probably not very cool. I mean, they were already it was already a private record, so nobody knew about it, but yeah. stylistically it probably wasn't very cool then because it sounds like the birds, but... Mm -hmm. um, and for 1978, that was like, you know, it's not... Yeah, the, not the, like Not everything. the sound, you know? Yeah. They should have been making like a power pop record or something. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's it's so killer, and you know I was in I was in touch with the, the main guy Ron Metellic for a bunch of years, and he's a great dude, and we you know we were lucky enough to work with him in that early incarnation of anthology, and cool. Now there is an actual physical reissue that exists in the world, and here it is. So this is Pick Up and Run from that song from that record. Nice. <laughs>
Listening to Freak Terrains on East Village Radio. Myself, Phil, and Rachel are here with our special guest of the show, Keith Abramson from Mexican Summer. So Keith just played one of his private press uh, favorite record that he dug up, even though he's not a digger. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you mentioned in our last bit that that there are so many reissue labels out right now, and where we do an anthology, mm. you know, we're, we're one of many, even though we do have that storied history of, uh, of putting out digital reissues many, many years ago. But where do you think that, that we at Anthology stand amongst the glut of so many other reissue labels out there? I mean, I think we, uh, I think we got an early jump and then, you know, 
not putting out physical records was definitely, I think, kind of detrimental to the to the label initially. And I don't think we realized that until we were a little ways in. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think it's kind of we've kind of hit the reset button in a way, you know, mm-hmm. relaunching last year. What yeah. inspired that? <clears throat> well, we were doing, you know, we were doing reissues on Mexican Summer for a while. Like we did the Ramsey's record and the Linda Parahax record and a bunch of others. <clears throat> and it just felt it kind of I don't know, I guess it, it, it didn't feel like the right outlet, you know, and I think relaunching anthology and I'm, everyone at the label has a real passion for old records and, you know, we wanted to continue doing archival work and it just felt like. Yeah, it needed it was, its own yeah, platform. It needed, it needed its own voice, you know, and that's, yeah, everyone was behind the idea of bringing it back. Yeah, and the new iteration is awesome and growing and I don't know, I guess it's kind of branching off into lots of different interesting directions. Like we have some surf soundtracks coming out that has kind of built its own little series. And I know that's kind of a project that's near and dear to your heart. Yeah. So I guess under, under the anthology umbrella, we're kind of, we have a couple of different divisions. Mm -hmm. Um, One of which is the surf archive and we're kind of using that particular division to specialize in kind of out of print, uh, surf soundtracks yeah that's Um, been really fun it's been amazing yeah so we've been lucky enough to do a couple of more than a couple we've done some really great ones morning of the earth and crystal voyager and bali high and we are just reissuing litmus and glass love which are two classics from andrew kidman and there's more on the way so awesome yeah it's ongoing and then there's going to be kind of a library, like a division specifically dedicated to library music, right? Yeah. So there is another division called Cinema Studies where we're we're kind of using that as an outlet for library music and and other soundtrack music. Yeah. And we put out two amazing records by Bernard Fevre um, under the anthology Cinema Studies little division. Um, for those of you who are listening who like obscure library music that is definitely up your alley <laughs> Indeed, <laughs> for all all of the five people listening who love obscure library music <laughs> there should be more of you <laughs> so to, to stick on the surfing tip a bit longer what's what's your personal relation to surfing are you a surfer what's your deal i am now what's your deal? strangely um you know I was, i've been a skateboarder my whole life and i've been terrified of the water my whole life so uh I, I never would have thought that I'd be a surfer, but um, I started surfing a year ago, and it's, I don't know, it's incredible, man. It's uh, its kind of everything they say it is. It's really just, it gets its hooks in you, and you kind of, i don't it's kind of hard to articulate, to be honest with you, but it is a beautiful and kind of just rewarding experience to be out there on the water and just sitting there, you know? Yeah. And when you catch a wave, its it's great, man. It's really... I sound like an idiot. I don't know how to. I don't know how to. You don't. Uh, no. no. I mean. How to capture it in words, but yeah. I mean, without sounding super, um, like, a, like nailing down every cliche there is, you know. <laughs> well, I get it. I like mean, Patrick never... Swayze, man. <laughs> Point break, you know. <laughs> Just like Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Spirit, spiritual man. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. I mean, you're communing with nature, etc. How long have you been? Have you been into surf, surf rock, surf? Soundtracks. Well, I've been in the, into the soundtracks for years, so I mean that was you know, that was a no-brainer. I mean it was uh, I've you know I've been listening to like the Morning of the Earth soundtrack you know for 15 years, so like yeah, 
that's yeah. that's always been such a solid soundtrack yeah awesome. it's incredible do you feel like you connect with a lot of this music now that you are surfing uh no i you know i felt like i connected with it before and i feel like there's a there's a definite thread that kind of connects skate and surf culture so it's it, it's never been something that's felt foreign to me you mm -hmm. know and musically it's like totally right up my alley most of the soundtracks from the late 60s and 70s are you know kind of folky or or fuzzy hard rock stuff and that's my favorite shit sure <laughs> I yeah. guess rather, do you feel like your connection with the music is changing now that you are oh, surfing? Oh, right. Uh, um, I don't know. Maybe maybe so. I don't know. I don't think so. Do you have like a waterproof iPod you take out with you? No, man. <laughs> I, should, I need to do that. You should. Is that a thing? It definitely. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if not, I mean, hell, next investment. Let's do it. Yeah, I should, I should do that. Well, why don't you introduce the next, the next record you want to play, which is a, a surf record? Yeah, so the next uh, the next song is off a soundtrack uh, of a film by um, directed by Paul Witzig uh, from 1973. The film is called Sea of Joy, and the this is the title track, part two of the title track. All right, thank you. You're listening to Freak Trains on East Village Radio. We're here with Keith Abramson from Mexican Summer Anthology and Software. Thank you for listening. We're here for another hour. This is Freak Terrains on East Village Radio. Um, 
that was a beautiful track from the pure what's it called the sea of joy soundtrack yeah that was sea um, of joy part two yeah and wasn't <coughs> paul what did you say paul witzig paul witzig yep is he the same director from evolution he is and okay. yep hot generation yeah he's is that another film that's hot another generation. that's another film cool. that he did so we're gonna reissue the evolution soundtrack can i say that you can <laughs> okay you said it <laughs> breaking news <laughs> <laughs> leaked yep there it is um so that's super exciting yeah he's amazing he's you know him and he's one of the the like cream of the crop directors in australia of that era cool um so what else what else do you have going <clears throat> on these days at mexican summer like what are you working on like marfa myths is coming up yeah. soon yep. again we do we have myths in march of next year so that will be announced soon so excited um, we just launched a pop-up shop at Pilgrim, um, which is a oh, surf yes. shop in Williamsburg and Amagansett. Um, so basically, it's going to run through the holidays. So if you want any of our catalog or yeah. T-shirts or, you know, any new merch, you can go to Pilgrim. Yeah, we have some amazing new tote bags there yeah. uh, for sale. Totally. So shout out to Chris and Chelsea for that. Yeah, they're the best. Um. So, yeah, Marfa Myths, that's yeah. something that I don't I'm think so people that. listening at home might not know about it. But Mexican Summer, we don't just put out dope records. We don't just reissue even doper records. <laughs> we also put on really dope festivals. We did. We've done two so far. Yeah, last year was so fun. Yeah, so we, um, we've been for two years now, we've been putting on a festival in Marfa, Texas, which is kind of a tiny little artist community in far west Texas. Um, it's a... It's a definite destination spot, but uh, well worth it if you have the time and money to make it out there. Um, and uh, it's a it's a festival that we kind of co-present with Ballroom Marfa, who are are kind of the creative hub, so to speak, in Marfa, and they run a lot of the exhibition and gallery openings and music and film. Everything runs through them pretty much. Um, so we co-present it with them and kind of put on this this really. I guess, tightly curated festival that in, includes uh, residencies with artists, recording residencies, <clears throat> artist residencies, uh, exhibition opening, um, and live music. So yeah, it's it's an undertaking, but it's really awesome. Yeah. And then you guys are working with the Judd Foundation a little bit. We there? are. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's another really amazing aspect of the town of Marfa. It's just this like... Uh, has this legacy because of Donald Judd, who is an amazing visual artist. Um, or I shouldn't say because of him, but... Um, he adds to it. Yeah. His, it's accentuated. His having lived there and made work there um, adds to the legacy of really, uh, really incredible art that's been made in that town. And it definitely is still a feeling that carries over there. So I don't know. I feel like as someone who's a, who was in attendance at the last Marfa Miss Festival... Um, I feel like your job curating it does a good job of um, carrying carrying that on, so to speak. Thank you. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there's just like a it's it's cool that it's such an inter interdisciplinary thing instead of just like here are some bands that are playing. Yeah. It's like there's visual and sound and everything. So. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a it's a group undertaking for sure. Yeah. It's not just me. It's it's everyone at Ballroom. It's everyone at the label. Right. Um, it's uh, for sure a team effort. 
Well, so when are when are people going to be able to find out more about next year's festival? We're going to announce in October. We're going to do we're going to do like a first round announcement. Oh, cool! And give people a sense of some of the some of the artists that are going to be there and um, the timing and you know travel logistics that they can mm-hmm. look into if they want to if they want to take the trip. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. What was your first trip to Marfa? My first trip to Marfa was like three years ago, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And how did that, how, and, and I guess why did that experience inspire running a, an arts and music festival there? I mean, I hadn't gone there before we knew we were going to do something. I mean, we Initially, we wanted to just put a show on there. And, you know, there were a lot of people that lived there that, you know, I mean, there was one mutual friend in particular, Jess Rotter, who had many friends who lived there. Um, so I think she helped to really inspire um, the dialogue between us and Ballroom mm-hmm. initially. Um, and Nikki Itner, who's, you know, one of the main folks over there at Ballroom, she kind of just, you know, was a really outspoken fan of the label and wanted to put together a show and, I don't know, it just kind of took off from there. And Cool, yeah, it seems like it grows every year. Yeah, Will we next had a, year be even maybe a hundred people the first year, and last year we had eight hundred. Oh wow! So, yeah, it yeah, was, it was a gigantic step up. So next year will it be three days still, or is three it? three days yeah. next? Oh, uh, four days. Oh, four days. Oh, nice. four days next year, Thursday to Sunday. Cool. Yeah. So do it's you, growing. Do you see this festival as something that each year becomes bigger and bigger, or do you think that it it should have like some sort of cap to keep it as I mean, it's, the smaller festivals? It's inherently limited because of the town infrastructure. Right. I mean, we're never right. going to be able to. I mean, and that's you know, that's the that's just the way it is. But that's kind of also by design for the festival. I mean, we don't really. Right. I mean, personally, I don't have great experiences at places like Coachella, and no offense to Golden Voice or Coachella or anything, but I don't really want to hang out with sixty thousand people. Me totally. neither. You know, yeah. so I'd rather hang out with a thousand people or less <laughs> and have uh, a more intimate kind of experience, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All it my was favorite hangouts are a thousand people or less. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Just a regular Friday with Rachel. <laughs> a thousand people at the 999 crib. of my friends. <laughs> one, of the, one of the funniest experiences of last year's festival was how often food would run out. It's oh, like, yeah. oh, the supermarket is empty They're now. Like, we wait don't till, have it. Yeah, wait till next week's shipment. <laughs> Yeah, it's oh, like yeah. it's mind blowing coming from like a city in New York where twenty four seven there's food everywhere. Yeah, oh, I mean Just anything they would yeah. run out. I mean that's that's what I mean. Like you know the like the the, the plumbing is not going to be able to handle <laughs> anything more either. It's like yeah, it's, you really you have a limit. There's a cap. So I don't. I mean yeah, and there's not that many places to stay. I mean people can camp. Yeah, and it's like um, eight hours away from Austin and what three from El Paso so yeah. it kind of weeds out yeah there's Alpine that's close and there's uh, Midlands is like two hours or two and a half hours or whatever but yeah well it's such a magical place and I'm stoked to go back and to see what's in store for next year yep, soon yeah soon. cool awesome well you have another record for us which I think there's a nice connection between the Marfa expanse and that world and this record that you're about to play <laughs> I know this is like surfing for me. I can't believe I'm I'm actually doing this either because um, <laughs> I hated this band so much growing up. Everyone um, does. Everyone, everyone. I everyone know it's such it. a boring story, man. But <laughs> yeah, but the Grateful Dead were like fucking toxic to me when I was a kid and a skateboarder and into punk rock and mm-hmm. you know now I can't get enough. So uh, 
we're going to listen to some dead. Here it is. Which song is this? Uh, this is Mississippi, Mississippi Half Step Toodaloo. <laughs> Sorry. Nice. Awesome.
You're tuned in to Freak Terrains on East Village Radio. This is the 87 Guernsey crew representing Mexican Summer Anthology Recordings and Software. Your DJs today are myself, Phil, and Rachel. And Hello. we're here with our special guest, Keith Abramson, who just played two records back to back. Keith, can you tell us which, well, you introduced the, the Grateful Dead song, <clears throat> but the record we just heard was not the Grateful Dead. No, that was Firehose. Um, that is just uh, something, you know, from my childhood, man. I had to redeem myself for playing the Grateful Dead, so my <laughs> teenage my teenage self is rejoicing for that one. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's just an SST record, man, which uh, were an important label for me as a teenager. Yes. Well, dude, thank you so much for coming through the studio and playing records from your personal collection and talking a bit about yourself. Yeah, man, anytime. And for the audience, it was amazing. Thank you, Keith. Of course, of course. Awesome. And you're going to send us off. Yeah, this is the, so this is another label that was important to me, um, Vertigo. And this is a uh, cut from the Thomas Brown record. And it's perfect for the uh, autumnal kind of season we're, we're stepping into. So uh, this is Holding On from, yeah, from Wednesday's Child is the record. Awesome. Thank you, Keith. Nice. Go. 
was the last selection from our guest today, Keith Abramson. Um, if you're just tuning in, then you can come back tonight for the rebroadcast of this episode at 10 p.m. and you can hear it all over again. Um, and check us out on Twitter to see what we've been playing. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I guess we're going to take things in a little bit of a different direction right now for the last few minutes of our block. Yeah, one of the the uh, third branch of the Mexican Summer Label Group is Software, where we play. We've released some really crazy out there electronic stuff that sometimes yeah. are super clubby. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the one of the clubbiest releases that we're putting out this year is a new album from Cola, uh, who's based now in Baltimore. His fourth album, second with the label, is called No No. It drops on October 9th, so quite soon. It but is insane. It is an insane record. <laughs> It's so good. I'm so excited about this record. Yeah, it's a dope record. It's super, super banging. And we premiered a new single yesterday called Crank. And it has this really great usage of a Beanie Man sample. Uh, just to add to kind of like the craziness of what Cola's working with right now. Uh, he's going to be playing in New York City on October 16th at Transpecos. We're doing a little release party for him. We're going to have a lot of heads out there. Max D from Washington, D.C. will be in. Talison, who's an old guy from software, will be playing with us. Talison's not old. He's super young. <laughs> he just released with us like last year. He's like 21 years old. He's like 16. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's October 16th at Transpecos. Tickets are available to purchase now. And then Cola is scooting off to the West Coast for two and a half weeks to play a bunch of dates. Make sure you go to softwarelabel.net to get the full run of that. Right now, here's Crank by Cola. Yeah, you're gonna have to go. We're just gonna go. Let's see how you're fast. 
No giggling on air, Rachel. You're listening to Freak Terrains on East Village Radio. Thanks again to Keith for coming by and talking for an hour with us. I hope everyone listening at home enjoyed what he had to say and the records that he played. Make sure you follow us at Mexican Summer and go on our Instagram too, which is also at Mexican Summer. Sometimes Keith posts pictures. It's nice, another window into his into his lifestyle. Yeah, that was a fun conversation. I'm glad he was our guest. Yeah. So today we are celebrating the album release of Dunian, Alas Sak. And we are also giving away a copy of that album to our lucky, to our devoted Twitter followers. All you have to do is retweet a tweet that we tweeted. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was thinking it could be the Dunian, any Dunian tweet that we tweet out. Ah, That would make sense. Yeah. Retweet any of our Dunian tweets. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you follow us. And then if we if we choose you as the champion tweeter, we will follow you back and DM you. Notice that you won. <laughs> yeah. We'll give you a um a deluxe vinyl copy of Alice Sock, which is out today. The deluxe version comes in a lovely cherry red vinyl and it's available only from our web store. Um, so it's a it's a cool little piece. Yeah, and all you got to do is just retweet our tweets, and you get it. If you don't retweet our tweets, and by the way, this show is airing again at ten to twelve a.m. tonight, or ten p.m. to twelve a.m. tonight, and the competition does not count. So if you're currently sitting at home at eleven fifty tonight and you're <laughs> retweeting our tweets, that's cool, but you, unfortunately, you can't win a Dunian vinyl. But we still appreciate the retweets. Damn. Also, if you count how many times I said tweet in the past, in this whole bit, then I will personally uh, send you my copy of Dunian's record. <laughs> tweet, tweet. Tweet, you're, tweet. You're already opened one. <laughs> um, thanks, everyone, for listening today. We'll be back on October 9th to celebrate Kola's new album, No No. Uh, once again, this is Freak Terrains. My name is Phil. And I'm Rachel. And I will be back. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Our last song of the night is Welcome by Harmonia and Eno. Bye. Bye.